0: good to be back and I do wanna, I really can't express how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, We do have a long time, a long history going back here now, 14 years as he mentioned and uh, we appreciate the investment that you've had in our lives. I want to share with you some of the steps that have led us up to this point and some of the steps that we're uh, looking at going forward and uh, that's kind of the the theme of the message today is uh, how the Lord directs our steps. You know, I imagine with you there's just certain key verses in the Bible that maybe you call it a life verse or just something that has just impacted you every step along the, uh, the stage of your Christian growth and maturity. And for me, there's been about three of them. But um, the one I want you to turn to right now is Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. And I, I can tell you very, very early in my Christian walk, the Lord just absolutely uh, opened up this verse to me and he just absolutely laid it upon my heart as a, as a prayer, as a petition, as a confession, and as a guiding verse to direct me in, in, in my life. In Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, it says, O Lord, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And I can't tell you how many times I have prayed that as a confession, as an acknowledgement, as an admission of my need for absolute dependence on God's leadership in my life. Now, normally, I would follow that up with James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And and then also uh, Acts 9.6, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And those three verses really have been a cornerstone in my Christian development, my Christian walk, and really how the God is led and guided in our family. Those three. But I want to focus in kind of on Jeremiah chapter ten and verse twenty-three. That whole idea, that whole concept, you know, it says it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And I, I want to challenge us, maybe with a the way the the scriptures actually presents it is more of a declaration. It's, um, it's, it's stating a simple fact that whether we often recognize it, whether we realize it or not, we're not nearly in control of our own life as we think we are. Um, many times we think, you know, I have all my plans made. I'm, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. But the truth is, the Bible says the Lord is the one directing our steps. Um, my challenge, the main point I want you to take away from the message today is just this. And I would challenge you, we could phrase it maybe several different ways. Um, Are you walking in the Spirit? Um, Do you know how to be led by the Spirit? Or maybe we could say, have you learned to listen and obey that still small voice of God's leading in your life? And, uh, you know... Very early in my Christian walk, the Lord challenged me with this verse in Jeremiah 10:23, And thousands of times, I don't believe that would be an exaggeration at all. I've acknowledged that, you know what, Lord? I don't even have the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding to direct my own steps, but you do. And then I would just uh, cry out to him for wisdom and direction, and he would give it. And, you know, I would have to say, though, God's leading and working in your life. It's much more powerful, it's much more pronounced than probably even you have realized. God is directing your steps. And we're going to touch on that a little bit um, later. Even if you're resisting, even if you're rebelling, guess what? God is directing your steps. That's what the Bible clearly says. As a matter of fact, flip with me to Proverbs 16:9. And again, this, we, could, we could go to a host of scriptures, but we'll just stick with this, a few key ones, but Proverbs 16:9. Again, this is not um, something that's up for debate. It's not something that um, is argue, you can argue about it all. It says, "A man's heart deviseth his way." Proverbs 16:9. And too many times, unfortunately, maybe we stay right in that, in that part, but it says, "But the Lord directeth his steps." You know, a man's heart devises his way. We think we have it planned out. We think we know what we're doing, where we're going. But you know what? The Bible says the Lord Sovereign has the ultimate word. And I want you to see, and I'll share a little bit of this. It goes along with my testimony. It it doesn't even, this is not conditional, is it? It doesn't say if you're a child of God that he directs your steps. It doesn't say if you're not a child of God. Lost or saved It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter what stage of your life you're at. It's not conditional. God is directing your steps. You say, well, we do have a free will. We do. We absolutely do. But um, it's not unlimited, is it? Somehow, God's sovereignty, he directs our steps. He doesn't violate our free will. He just steps in and he directs our lives in many ways. Like you said, we don't understand. We may not even agree with we don't believe in coincidence or luck, so then the question becomes: if God is directing our steps, and it's again it's not a question, it is a declaration, God is directing our steps. Will we work with Him or will we work against Him? Um, God is leading in your life right now, not only through the blessings. Not only through the joys, not only through the good times, the easy times, but he's leading in what? The trials, in the, in the temptations. He's leading in the delays, in the distractions, even in all that. But I do say this as well. There is a distinction between how God leads his children and how he leads the, the unsaved. You know, um, if you look with me at Psalm 37, 23, a very familiar passage... It says something interesting, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now we know that there is none good in, in that sense, but those who have been sanctified, those who have been justified by the blood of Christ, those who are saved, those who are his children, guess what? It's like there's a special leading and, and directing of God. You, you also know Romans 8, 28, right? And we know that all things work together for good to them that, what, love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I want to share a little bit of our journey because it, it just, uh, to me, it just absolutely illustrates God directs our steps. And... Um, I challenge you again today. Can you listen to that still small voice of God? Can you say right now, I am following his leadership in my life willingly, intentionally, or purposefully? Um, My wife and I began our journey together a little over 30 years ago. We were in a military training school in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. And I could say 100%, unequivocally, unequivocally, um, I can say that God was directing our steps together. And you know, it was basically without, with about a 0% realization from us and about 100% the hand of God. I mean, we didn't even recognize it at the time, but looking, looking back, it was so evident, it was so clear. There were so many opportunities, there were so many reasons, there were so many um, possibilities for us to just simply go separate ways but you know God's hand was directing us together I would say but God as a matter of fact I mean just as a visual illustration the army shipped me to Maryland and her to California you could hardly get any two points in the U.S. uh, further apart and yet even though neither of us were saved even though neither of us were intentionally looking to God uh, for direction he was directing us together God was directing our steps. We both came from dysfunctional, or could you say broken homes, and so we were in for a bumpy ride. Um, It would be many months of long distance relationship, um, but in October of 1991, we were married. And then she went back to California, and I went back to Maryland. (laughs) So even in that, you know, God was clearly keeping us, not only putting us together, but keeping us together. So now we kind of fast forward just a little bit. We're married. The army now decides that we can live together. We're stationed together in Panama, Fort Clayton, Panama. A new marriage, an absolutely new culture, new experience so for both of us. A lot of culture shock, would you say, because first time we'd ever been out of the country Um, and up to this point, you know, God was working in my life, but I didn't even recognize it, but now, for the first time, I began to realize God is clearly working in my life. Um, This is about three years before he would save me, but, you know, the Lord began to put people and circumstances in my path to direct my steps, and he hasn't stopped to this day. It was in Panama that he put an overwhelming hunger in my life to base my life off of his word it was in Panama that the Lord directed our steps both my wife and I to get involved in military chapels now that's where he just began laying a foundation in our life we both came from broken homes from a lot of erroneous false doctrines being Exposed to us in our our childhood. And so he began just simply laying a, a, a short foundation in our lives. He began using that military chapel to sow some basic Bible truths in our lives. Matter of fact, it was in Panama that I first began hearing what we would call a clear presentation of the gospel. It was in Panama that the Lord directed me to read through my Bible for the first time. It was in Panama that for the first time after reading through it and I realized that this wasn't just an elevated history book, it wasn't just a, a, a holy book, it was the inerrant inspired word, um, breathed word of the living God. And I, I mean, I, I was not saved, but he put such a hunger and a thirst in me at that time that it was just evident that God was directing my steps. It was in Panama that God led us to take our first steps of faith. And in particular, that the one that had to do the most was what? We both said when we got married we're never having any children. You know, <laughs> you know how that worked, right? But based on the word of God, we, we were, I found out that children were a blessing and and uh, we decided to trust him, and we, we decided to have children in faith, and we never looked back. But you see, we were very active in spiritual activities at that time. We sang in the choir. We were youth leaders. We were doing as much as we could in, you know, in, in the military chapels and all that, but we were without Christ. We were confused, and God was directing our steps so clearly. Sarah was born. In 1994, and so Anne got out to become a house mom, uh, I guess you'd say. And then I got out in 1995, and we moved to Kissimmee, Florida. Well, at that time, again, my plans were just simply to—I uh, enrolled in a Votech school. I was actually going to become a mechanic. Um, we bought a house paid cash for a house, and we settled down in a little two-bedroom condo right there in Kissimmee, Florida. But you know what? God was directing our steps. You know, all my plans, all my thoughts um, were very quickly uh, upended. Um, Because of the influence that we had in the military, there were two Southern Baptist chaplains in particular that really ministered in our lives. And because of that, you know, I she was uh, grew up with more like um, Jehovah's Witness, Catholic influence. I grew up with Church of Christ doctrine, and so now we were kind of just we kind of self-identified as Baptist. We didn't know what it meant. We just really didn't, you know, have any real concept of the the doctrines or anything like that. But we identified as Baptist, and God put an independent Fundamental Baptist church right there in Kissimmee, Florida, for us. Again, once again, we were religiously active. We were spiritually involved. Uh, I was going on visitation. We, we were members. Um, Jonathan was born during this time in our life. But you know, God put an insatiable hunger in my heart to hear the teaching and the preaching of the Word. The first person that God put in our path there in Kissimmee, Florida, his name was Pastor Ed Carney, uh, pastor of Bible Baptist Church. And Every time he would get up to preach, no jokes, no, no introductions, no no illustrations. He would just simply say three words, open your Bibles. And my heart just, you know, kind of melted each and every time he said that. And that was exactly what um, my heart was hungering and thirsting after. And so um, the Lord saved me in 1996 there in Kissimmee, Florida. And immediately after that, again, he he directed our steps. There were two people he put in our lives, Bob and Barbara Wilkins. You know, uh, growing up in dysfunctional homes and broken families, we didn't have relationships at all with our, our, our families, our parents, our, our extended families. And he put this family in our lives, an older couple, to disciple us. And to really, they became like grandparents to us. Bob and Barbara Wilkins. And, um, you know, from that time, here I am now, a child of God. And like I said, God is leading in every life. You know, we, we look, at, look, at, look at the people you work with, look at the people you know in your everyday life. You can be assured of one thing. God is leading in their life. They don't recognize it. Maybe you can't see it. Maybe we don't understand it. But I guarantee you, God is working in their life, just as he is working in your life. You know, and, but there's something about it when you become, uh, maybe the Bible calls it the sheep of his pasture, his child, when Christ is now your shepherd, there's a special leadership that he puts in your life, isn't there? And for me, that that leadership was very special. Um, Again, like I said, here we are. I just left the military. We had just bought a house. We now had two children. We were looking at settling down, you know, a normal career, a normal life, if you would say. But God had other plans. Um, It's kind of like um, George Young, he wrote the song, God leads his dear children along. You see, God is leading in every single life in this world. As, you know, as a a great of a burden as I've had over the years to see people saved, to, to see them come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved, you know what? God's burden is so much deeper. He has a much more vested interest, if you would say. He has a much greater passion. He has an undying attention that, you know, he is working and leading in their lives. He is working and leading in your life. George Young put it this way. He said, in shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the waters cool flow, bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. And then I like how it says, some through the waters, some through the flood, some through fire, but all through the blood. You know, God not only cares so much more deeply about each, each and every soul in this world, He cares so deeply about you that he is giving you specific direction. The question is, are we listening? Can you you hear that still small voice that he is directing you? It's not a a question as, God, are you leading me? Uh, Have you ever asked that? Are you leading me? Will you lead me? It's not a matter of if. It is a declaration. God is leading your steps. Will you cooperate? Will you intentionally participate or... Will you just go with the flow? Um, again, when you become a child of God, there's, there's a special place in God's heart now for you as his child. And he's going to have a special plan. He has a special gift for you. He has a special calling for you. And it's going to be some through the fire, some through the flood. It's going to be all, each and every one of us, it's going to be a very distinct journey, isn't it? It's going to be very, something very unique. But I do want to point this out. God is no respecter of persons. That's why, um, based on what he says, the Lord leads the steps of man. I can say with unequivocally, God is leading every single person on this planet. And he is trying to guide them to himself. He is wanting and desiring that they would seek after him, that they would follow and listen to that still small voice. But unfortunately... Many do not. What God does in the life of one, he does in the life of all. He is no respecter of persons. You know, I found that seven times in the Bible. So it's, it's you know, once is good enough, but seven times he wants us to realize. He, he, he Every single individual, I know he's, how he's led in my life. I know he's leading in your life because he says so. God does not favor. He does not give special treatment to one and not another. We talked about that this morning, the ju- justice of God. Pastor mentioned that and you know he is absolutely fair. Even though we don't we can't understand it, we don't see it. Some do seem to have special privileges in life, special opportunities that maybe others seemingly don't have. But you know what? They are on a very specific journey. And God is trying to direct their steps. He is directing their steps. The question is, are they cooperating or are they resisting? Are they rebelling? Somehow in his justice, in his omniscience, we talked about that a little bit this morning uh, in the message, how much his grace, God will uniquely guide us in a way that's fitted just for our journey, won't he? Just for our personality, just for his purposes and you know god is not a respecter of persons he does this because it's who he is it's his very nature deuteronomy 10:17 i think of all the seven times i found in the scriptures that mention how god is not a respecter of persons i think this one sums it up very very good because it describes it's just part of his nature. It's who he is. It's, it, it, he cannot help but guide our steps. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. A great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. It doesn't matter rich, poor, smart, not so smart. It doesn't matter uh, race, color, gender, anything. God is directing your steps. God is leading in your life. But I guess the question and the challenge for us is, are we sensitive to that? Do we know how to listen to the still, small voice of God? Do we know how to be led by His Spirit? And, you know, for the child of God, that's the difference. God is leading every single person on this planet. He's directing their steps in small ways and and sometimes big ways the difference is, His children, says Romans eight fourteen. for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are, his, they are the sons of God. They are His children. He, in a special way, will guide us by His Spirit when we are what? His children. We, we actually have an advantage. Now that, now that we're saved, now that we've been born again, redeemed, now that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit in us, uh, how much more God directs our steps. Isaiah 48.17. Again, any doctrine you find in the New Testament, it's not, it's not new. Um, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, Isaiah 48:17. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way thou shouldest go. He says, I'm directing you, I am guiding your steps. And many times, again, we fall into that trap to think that we're actually making the decisions. Um, unilaterally I guess you'd say we, sometimes we, we, we just almost discount God's working in our lives and we should be kind of the other way around like Jeremiah 10.23 Oh Lord I know that the way of man is not in himself you know I, I have to acknowledge and admit many times I do not have the wisdom to know uh, what step I should take next you know and I found I'm strongest when I recognize that I, I don't have those abilities. I don't have that foreknowledge. I don't have that understanding to know what is best for my life. And when I fall when I recognize that, when I call out to God for help and his guidance, boy, he leads in a special way. Um again when when I went into the military and even seven years after when I got out of the military, I was probably the most socially backward, introverted um, shy. I, my, my life's ambition when I was young was to be a hermit, literally to go off somewhere in the, in the mountains and find a, a a solid place of solitude and live alone and things like that. And so I know that the leadership that God, the path, the journey that God has taken me on has not been of my own choosing, has not been of my own, um, decisions in that sense i mean yes you have to cooperate with the lord but the you know it's learning to listen to that are you willing to submit it's more a question of are you willing to surrender to what god's leading is in your life Um, i wonder how many of us have cooperated with god's leadership in our life how many of us have been consistently um, made it a habit in our lives to listen to that still small voice I would just encourage you this way. It doesn't matter if up to this point you have recognized God's leading in your life. It doesn't matter exactly how obedient you've been. Are you willing right now? And I would make this, let's say, think about it. It doesn't matter how far away or how far off the path you have wandered. It doesn't matter how far off the path you have wandered. You're only one step away from starting back on the path to His will, His way for your life. You think about it. You, can, uh, I, I think of uh, Jonah as a very apt example, isn't it? I mean, basically, God says go uh, east. He goes west. He, you know, He says go to Nineveh. He goes to Joppa. You know, and 180 degrees outside of God's will. But there came a point when God humbled him, and he basically surrendered, and he, he, he. One step was all it took for him to get right back on the, on the path that God had for him. You know, one step, following the still small voice of God, will get you back on his path. Maybe many steps after that, but you know, one step. What does it actually mean to live in the Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with his Spirit? What does it mean to be guided by his Spirit? And I say, well, it begins with listening to that still, small voice in all your decisions. Many times we do. We make decisions unilaterally, don't we? We say, Lord, you know, I've got all these plans, and as far as just bless my plans. But when you start off at the beginning, and you just surrender anything and everything to God, you say, Lord, my plans are in your hands. Lead me, guide me when you... Just have a regular, habitual, continual surrender to his leading in your life. Saying, Not my will, but thy will be done. Getting out of our comfort zone may mean, What what does it mean to follow the Spirit of God? It's going to mean getting outside of our comfort zone, isn't it? It means being willing to do things that you honestly wouldn't naturally do. Because if you're just naturally doing it, it's a good chance it may not be just totally 100% God's will for your life. Have you learned to listen and obey that still small voice of uh, God's leading? So I could say, you know, from the time the Lord saved me in November of 1996, um, he's led us on a very unorthodox journey. A very unique journey, but looking back, it's been one specifically designed by him. Um, within a year we had sold the house we just bought, you know. I, um, I was I quit my job and I said we're just going to step out in faith and follow the Lord. Now there was a lot of zeal without knowledge but you know God dealt with us in in that where we were at. When we had that willingness to follow his still small voice he began to lead us on a very exciting and a very unorthodox journey within a year um, we we had planned to go to tennessee we ended up in texas um, again i planned to settle down god has had me on the move ever since he directed again some when you, another thing about listening to the still small small still voice of god is he's going to put certain people in your path at just the right time and it's going to be so evident to you um, even if it's not to others he's going to be so evident he put in my path Milton and Francis Martin again we went to Tennessee we thought we were going to settle down we again we were thinking about raising a family and uh, God interrupted our plans and he introduced Milton Martin in our life and he invited us to go out and train and serve with him. Um, since that time, I think it's been short-term missions in like 16 countries. Um, we've lived, you know, full-term in three countries now, and and uh, I think you all know most of the history of of our recent travels. I mean, of course, seven years in Nicaragua, um, two years in Botswana now, but. Again, I, I never wanted to travel. My wife, she's the one that wanted to travel <laughs> when she was young. Um, you know, the still small voice of God led us to do so many things. And I would say this. Um, I was trying to think of how I was going to put it earlier. Um, somewhat, um, hmm, I can't, can't capture it right now. Um, we jumped in this journey um, That's all I can say. (laughs) Sometimes a little bit um, with reckless abandon. That's what I was going to say. Kind of with reckless abandon. Um, We, Again, we sold our house. We totally depleted all our funds. We just lived by faith. And we really have followed the Lord in a moment-by-moment, step-by-step journey. Again, that's taken, taken me to 16 different countries and to places that, again... Um, weren't in my comfort zone. Honestly, weren't in my comfort zone. Um, preaching was not my comfort zone. Missionary work was not my comfort zone. But you know, as you follow the journey of life, uh, according to the still small voice, I think he's going to ask you to do some pretty unorthodox things too. I think he's going to challenge you to get outside of your comfort zone. And... Um, You know, again, if you, I think what holds some people back is fear that they're actually going to go down the wrong path. They think this is so unorthodox, this is so outside my norm, it's so outside outside even maybe the norm of what normal people do, you think maybe I'm going down the wrong path. But you know what? God is directing your steps. And you're never more than one step from getting right back on his perfect will. You see? And so... Even in the the things where maybe I haven't. Maybe I've resisted. Maybe I've waited too long to follow God's leading. Maybe I've got ahead of Him. Or maybe I just missed the boat altogether. But you know what? When you you train yourself to habitually be sensitive to His leadership in your life, you're only one step from getting right back on track. Only one step. Where is God um, leading us from here? Well, let me look... uh, Go back a little bit. Um, you know, we surrendered to full-time missionary service in 2003. And here we were. We were both um, former Army military intelligence. We were had a family. I, I don't remember how many children we had at that time. Probably about five. And the first place that God laid on our heart to go was Columbia, South America. It makes no sense, does it? Kidnapping capital of the world, I mean, it's a risk for Americans. We have small children, and God was calling us to go to Columbia, South America. But you know what? We obeyed. We went there and ended up there short term. We didn't ever end up there a long term, and that's where God used that to direct us just a little bit. Well, if you look at the map, it's the opposite direction, right? We have Columbia here. We ended up in Panama and went to Nicaragua. That's how God does it a lot of times. You see, when God leads in your life, again, a lot of times we have, okay, now we have God's will. We know what his will is for the next step. And as we, we, as we start out on this journey, I can't tell you the number of times we thought we had it figured out. This is where we're going, right? And that was just the next step in the journey. A lot of times when you're on this journey following by faith in the Lord, he'll actually send you almost the opposite direction. <laughs> Um, like I said, we, 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 we thought we were going to Texas he sent us to, uh, I mean we thought we were going to Tennessee, we ended up in Texas we thought we were going to Columbia, we ended up in Nicaragua and each one was just another step on this journey of life um, when we came to oh, I'll say this, deputation, again, here I was um, I wanted to settle down, God wanted me to move, you know um, I wanted to be shy and introverted. God wanted me to learn to, get, get, learn to be in front of people and to, to get to minister to other people. Um, deputation was a, a big culture shock. Big culture shock. Um, it's a way of stretching us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And um, it comes with its own culture shock of its own, I guess you would say. But all those steps, God was leading us, again, in 2007, we were added to the the membership here at Mount Zion Baptist Church. And Remember what I said, when when you begin listening to the still small voice of God, God will put certain people and events in your life for such a time as this. We've had a number of them, from um, Pastor Ed Carney from the Wilkins to Mount Zion Baptist Church. We came here in, in 2007, and God has used many of you, many of you to be those special people in our lives, to help us in the journey along the way, to complement the purpose that God had for our life. And I do, I personally thank you, each and every one that has prayed for us, that has that has invested in us as a family, as missionaries, and more importantly, just as as friends and Family, you know, like I said, God's leading in your life will sometimes take um, unorthodox or um, strange turns. I would not pick Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, I was raised in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado. Again, I would love to move to the Rocky Mountains. I would love to get a cabin out in the where I could watch some deer, and I would love to and. They, and uh, I wouldn't go to a city, wouldn't go to a liberal city, I wouldn't go to a cold liberal city or anything. We've lived, for the last 12 years, we've lived in a warm climate, but um, Lord is still directing us, I can clearly stay. Um, He's put some people in our lives, he's put some circumstances in our lives that he is, he's directing our steps up to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, we're going to be joining as members of uh, Metropolitan Baptist Church, Pastor uh, Wartner and you know I can't, I can't explain it, it's a lot easier to explain the journey in the past than it is looking forward but I can tell you, all I can say with confidence is that I'm following the still small voice of God um, what does it look like for the next two to three years of my life? I think the Lord is kind of bringing us uh, full circle. Remember, I said when we when I started this journey, we bought a house and we were looking at settling down. We never had an opportunity to do that. Um, I actually just put in a bid today on a house about seven minutes from the church, and uh, we just prayed, Lord, if it's His will, we'll get it. If it's not, He has another uh, another location for us in in that area. But you know. Like I said, we grew up with broken homes, not really close relationships as far as extended family. And now now we're going to be grandparents. Now our children are moving out of the house. And uh, I think the Lord has just, for one reason, just laid it upon our hearts. We need to spend a f- few years just building our own family. Um, some of the relationships that we've had, and I'd ask you to pray for Jeremiah. I mean, right now he's kind of our prodigal son. He's here in almost in your backwoods Um, he's you know working in eureka he's working at at six flags and he just needs your prayers um i think he just needs to be born again you know he's been exposed to the truth he's been around the truth he's confessed the truth but it just hasn't quite sunk in that's for your prayers for jeremiah but you know um you know, most of our families up in Fargo, we thought, Lord, you'd lead us to Fargo, North Dakota. We'd be right there with our children, right? But he didn't. He's directed us to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, but, um, you know, it's uh, I think things are coming full circle. I think he's giving us two or three years to, to kind of work on getting at least a fa- uh, foundation for our family, something we really haven't had in... Uh, uh, I think in fifty one years of my life I've lived in twenty six different locations, moved again ten states, you know three foreign countries, and just moved on average every two years of my life and there's something about um, about that much moving and and everything it just doesn't give you a time to really set down roots or to uh, lay a foundation sometimes and I think in I've seen in my family. I think that's been part of the struggle. Not having some of those foundations uh, has, has, you know, made it difficult in our family life in some ways. And so I think the Lord is leading us to, to kind of just settle down, put down some roots, um, to, to work on building our family for two or three years. And at every step of the way, though, still saying, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Um, I do. I foresee great opportunities um, for short term work still we see great opportunities for uh, ministry in the local church there's a, there's a young family in the church up there that has surrendered to missions you know and how, how nice would it be to have somebody come alongside of them who's been there and done that in that sense and to be able to give some advice and counsel you know there's some things that God has just laid in our heart to be able to do and in ministering for him in the next few years and uh, kind of where he's leading us I would just challenge you you know can you hear the still small voice of God for us it's been an exciting journey and it isn't ending here it's just a continuation the Lord's leading in your life it'll, it'll go on and on until the, the day that he takes you to glory um, but the sooner you get on his cooperating with his, his path, you know, it's going to be an exciting journey. It's a blessed journey. I, you know, I don't regret it one bit. Um, the Lord has given us privileges and opportunities to, to see and experience things that I, I never dreamed were even possible. And I thank him for that. And I think he has a reason for, uh, for using that in the future as well. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know the full details. It is a little cloudy looking in that glass forward. Um, but I do ask for your prayers for our family again, for Jeremiah in particular. But for us, if the Lord's will, maybe we'll have a house in in a matter of a couple months. I don't know. Maybe we won't. <laughs> maybe we'll be homeless again. <laughs> maybe we'll have to live with Jonathan over there in Fargo for a while not sure but thank you from the bottom of your heart I can just say that um, again God placed Mount Zion Baptist Church and many of you in particular in our life at a very special time and I know you've been a blessing in our lives I pray that we've been a blessing in your lives and um, you know we're going to have all eternity to, to fellowship and and rejoice in some of this. But um, for now, this is just where the Lord is leading us. God bless.